You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. Welcome to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. This is episode number 89. Today we are joined by Eric Clark of the OKest Hunter. Thanks for jumping on, Eric. Absolutely, dude. It's always fun to be the, the guest and not the host. I can kind of loosen up a little bit more. Oh, I, I definitely feel that. I was just, I was thinking as, as you were jumping on, um, I found you guys on TikTok. It's been a little while now, but I love the the daily hunting content, the the parody content that you guys posted. Like I laugh multiple times a day because of the stuff you guys post. Yeah, some are better than others, but because of the the pace that we or the the cadence or frequency at which we post, there's some duds in there for sure. Like right, <laughs> like I posted, you know, and and but some of them hit and it's cool. Yeah, you know, we try, we try to be you, relatable. You never know which one's gonna pop. I've noticed on TikTok, you just sometimes when I I think oh there's no way it's just like oh people love it. It makes no it makes no sense to me. Yeah, where as long do you guys at them? Then that's that's good enough for me. That's the bar, which is really low. Like if I'm laughing, and by the way, I'm like a cheesy dad joke kind of guy. Like I'm I'm good with it. And then if if other people think it's funny, I'm like, oh cool, they they're like me. <laughs> Who watches all the shows or all the movies for you guys to know where to like pull those funny clips from? Dude, it's keyword searching, and then and then it's like there's consumption. Then like I'll put in a word like weird or shh or no or whatever. I'll put in a word and I'll just go on a, on a YouTube binge for a while and then i'm like oh this is good i can use this this is something and then i'll message my buddies and a group chat me like what do we got here there's something here guys <laughs> and then uh you know we'll we'll usually come out with something that is like either this is stupid or it's good and uh we do that you know we're we have a mountain of content we have like a pretty big backlog to pull from that's pretty awesome how many of you uh is there in the group i see there's several different people posting on the platform it seems Tyler and I are 50-50 owners uh, of OKS Hunter, which is actually uh, Base Layer Media, DBA OKS Hunter. And then Greg and Derek are co-hosts of the podcast, so they're part of the brand. So you'll see their faces in their bunch, too, because they're, they're here with me every Tuesday, usually, in studio for the podcast. That's awesome. I was looking at your podcast setup on, on YouTube, I think it was. You guys have quite the setup. Is that in your basement? Yeah, uh, when our third kid arrived, I got kicked out of the room upstairs. We got a four-bedroom house, so one of those rooms was like where I was doing all the stuff. And I was like, well, I got to build a room in the basement because of COVID. I was working from home. And uh, I was like, well, if I'm going to build a room in my basement, we're going to make this thing purposeful. So we built it for the podcast. It's nothing too special in it right now. It's a pretty small room, but it fits the motif and what we're after, and it works out really well. So it's a it's a good spot. I got a TV in here now, so I'm just down here all the time watching like, uh, you know, um, the hunting public or what you know whatever yeah it's cool because now we can toss those our guests up on the screen so derek and greg aren't like flying blind because i see the computer screen and they don't right uh, yeah so yeah we're we're just slowly there's plenty more plans we always got growth things in mind we're always reinvesting so we're always trying to improve things we that'd run be, well, that'd think, be dangerous for me yeah having a tv down there i'd, I'd never come out of there no it's my wife's like what the hell um no that we have three mevo cameras that run our uh, video portion of the of the studio and that's off of an app uh, that Mevo puts out so it's all wireless so I don't have like a switchboard necessarily it just runs off an iPad so it's just up to me to make sure I'm switching the angle based on who's talking are all you guys based in Wisconsin or kind of scattered throughout the the north uh, we're all in Wisconsin uh, we're all 
Derek lives pretty far away, actually. I feel bad when he's here because he's got such a hike home. But I think he enjoys doing enough and his wife puts up with it. So um, he's got two kids. Greg's got no kids. Uh, he's about 25 minutes, 20, 25 minutes away. So they come here and we record. And Tyler lives in the same town as I do. So, um, you know, we'll get coffee in the mornings and do business stuff like setting up our Amazon store or doing SEO work or, you know, finding our next partner for the OKS Hunter giveaway stuff. Like there's all sorts of things that we're always cooking up. So the proximity is nice. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. We've been, it's funny, I've, I've got another guy that does uh, Hunter's Advantage with me and he's been making some TikToks, um, kind of a series talking about like Booner record books. And to our surprise, Wisconsin was number one in basically all the records. Now, a lot of them are old records. And a lot of them were talking about like Buffalo County and yep. everybody on TikTok was from Wisconsin was throwing shade our way. They hated us talking about Wisconsin, especially Buffalo County. Well, because they didn't want you to give it away or what? Like people didn't I already guess, know because people freaking know that. I guess so. And then there's like some Wisconsin natives in there. They're like, good luck finding land. Everybody already knows about it. Like you're, you ain't going to get a lease here. And I'm like, I wasn't trying to. <laughs> Weird. People are always so quick to like put others down for some reason. What that's all about. But that that's a bit of our brand, right? We're trying to lift things up. I appreciate what you guys are doing. Did you or did you guys grow up like whitetail hunting? Is that what you guys primarily primarily do? Yeah, I I grew up uh, whitetail hunting. I haven't hunted anything else. I you know I fished you know recreationally. And Greg, he he <clears throat> he's, he's a bit more of a woodsman. He's done all sorts of stuff. He squirrel hunts, rabbit hunts, turkey hunts, deer hunts. I think he did some trapping. He you know he's he's all over the map. He does like big salmon fishing in, in Lake Michigan, and um, he he's outdoorsman across the board with a high focus on whitetail uh derek's got a high focus on whitetail also um and he's actually a pretty good killer of whitetails like good mature buck so we always joke that he's just too too good for our for our <laughs> like he's like there's i'm gonna age myself but there's a movie when i was growing up called the big green it's like about soccer and there's like a ragtag ragtag team they all sucked and they had like one kid that was good and he was like the caliber of like all of the other teams were all good kids and like superstars I like Derek's like our one good kid and he probably belongs on a much better team, but he hangs out with us anyway. So it's nice. That's funny. Uh, going on, and on our high school basketball team, we, everybody sucked that we had one guy that would drop like 40 every game. So that's, that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> so <clears throat> what's a, what's it like where, where you guys hunt? Is it big woods or swamps? I know I've heard of a lot of like swampy looking stuff in Wisconsin. What's yeah. it look like where you guys are? It depends, man. It, it can be pretty diverse. Like the where where I'm at, which is southeast Wisconsin, you know, it's it can be swampy. Uh, there's also a lot of like farm country. Uh, the North Woods is pretty vast, so if you go to northern Wisconsin, it's just hard, like big woods, big woods bucks, like the stuff that you hear big woods bucks talking about on their podcast would apply to the Nicolay National Forest here. And then the western part of the state, um, like where the Mississippi runs along and then even where like the wisconsin river and the mississippi come together it's all hill and bluff country so you get river bottoms and, and swampy stuff down there and then you get these giant bluffs and hills and cliffs and and things like that so it, you know depending on where you're at in the state it can be a bit diverse and um you know knowing how to navigate some of those areas it's, it's you know, it depends on what you're after and what you're looking to do and you could probably hunt you know, in a weekend, a couple of different spots that are going to have that diversity, depending on how far you're willing to travel in a, a day or two. I, I grew up in Oklahoma and it's got a lot of that same diversity that you're talking about anywhere from it's got plains and two different mountain ranges. So it sounds like you guys kind of got it all and going on in Wisconsin. Yeah. And we have our deer are big. Like I, I was in, 
for some time as in Virginia, and I remember guys hunting out there and great racks. Like, wow, look at the rack on this thing. Like, but that thing's tiny. It's like a dog. It was weird because our deer here are really big. They, they can be like 240 pounds. You know, that's a big animal versus what I've seen over there. It's like maybe 120 or something like that. It just was, you know, not the same caliber of animal size. So, in fact, like when you get a deer mounted here, there's very specific mounts that the tax numbers will get because they might not look the same if you get a certain, like they all get their forms from wherever. And there's certain ones that they have to get them from for Wisconsin deer because they're just so damn large. That's crazy. We had a, my dad had a boss that moved down here to Oklahoma from, uh, from Wisconsin. And we took him hunting down here cause he, he just didn't have a place. He had just moved down here and a group of does came in on him and he's, he's like, oh, I just can't do it. He's like, they're just too small. And these are like big does for us, like, you know, 130 pounds or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, my damn labradoodles bigger than those. I can't, I can't shoot one of those. He's like, I'm used to the big deer. These are like dogs down here. I, we thought that was hilarious. Yeah. It's pretty funny, man. Yeah, it's, it is uh, different, I think, but depends on where you're at, you know, it's all in the eye of the beholder. Do you have no desire to go wet out West? I know you said you're primarily a whitetail hunter. Yeah, I do. It's got to work out. We were going to, we were planning one for uh, 21 and then uh, I, my wife and I were expecting our third kid that we'd found out. So like what was going to turn into a, a Western hunt turned into a nothing uh, real quick. And since then it's been a balancing act of trying to adjust to three kids. Um. Greg had some surgery recently. So like, it's just been tricky for us to make that happen. I, I think it's in our future for sure. It's just a matter of like which state we're going to do uh, where we're putting in for points and what we're going to get. Uh, from what I hear, it's like you, you want to do it with a bow because it's just a bit more intimate. You get the bugling around that time of the year for a rut. So that's what I would be focused on doing. I would be cool with doing it with a gun also. Uh, it just sounds like people are like, you got to do it with a bow. I'm like, okay. So we'll, at some point, figure that out. It'll it'll happen. We're we're so plugged in all this stuff that there's no way it doesn't happen. You guys primarily want to go after elk. Yeah, I think Greg would be happy with the mule deer. I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I would think I'd be cool with that too. I just, I I'm after the adventure and the scenery. <laughs> and like, if I get an elk or if I see one or hear one, like that's bonus. So I'm I would be going full full willing to expect that I'm not going to get something. I just want to take it in. I want to take in that whole hunt. Uh, so I think an elk would be great. I, I wouldn't be disappointed with a mule deer or something like that, I, or even a whitetail out in like Wyoming. I hear whitetail out there are not favorable. They don't care about them. Um, there's only a few select types of spots where you can probably get them based on habitat and terrain. Uh, but I think they, they get pretty big out there and people just don't give a shit about them. So that could be kind of cool too. Like I would be happy to go out there and just have a hunt that's somewhere else and get a whitetail. I think that'd be fine too. But I, yeah, I want a freaking elk for sure. I definitely do. I mean, if I get a cow, like that's a lot of meat, dude. I have a oh, big yeah. freezer and it can fit a lot of meat. And I, I want that meat for sure. I mean, my family would love that meat. Yeah. Elk, elk to me just tastes a little bit better than deer too. So I went and had some like elk bratwurst and stuff when my buddy was cooking some backstrap. And I was like, I don't know. It just doesn't taste nearly as gamey to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's as lean. I know it's super lean, but I would love to have an elk. That's like getting a whole cow to me. Right. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm like, okay. So be like, I want you to come like I would, I mean, especially my first hunt, if I get anything, that's, that, that's a success. Um, I mean, I, I definitely would want to fill my freezer. Now what I want something, big. I don't even know how I'd put something at my house. If I had huge freaking horns on an elk, you know, those antlers are giant. Where am I going to put that? I don't even have space in this house that we have. So, you know, Oh, my, my ceilings are already way too low for whitetail mounts. I'd have to put like an elk mount on the floor. That's funny. Yeah. We just made a raghorn elk shirt. Because we're like, well, if we went elk hunting, we'd probably get a raghorn, which is just not as big. So we have like a single raghorn antler 
on the shirt to try to like follow a lead because we have a lot of elk on our saying like Dude, you guys got to put out some elk stuff so we tried to put some elk stuff out it's just a hoodie i'd i'd be happy with a raghorn yeah yep same <clears throat> so I w- one of the things i wanted to ask you too about the, the wisconsin thing is do you guys uh you guys have a shotgun season right no uh, you can we have a rifle season you can use a shotgun Okay. In certain like areas, depending on where you're at, like municipalities will only allow shotgun because of like proximity of like neighborhoods. So you know, you might not be able to use a rifle if you're in close proximity to houses. So it, it's going to depend on where you're at. Uh, other parts of the state or different municipalities will allow you to use a rifle. So it's gun season. It's a nine day season that is uh, the last. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving is when it starts and it runs through that week leading up to Thanksgiving. So a lot of guys will have that. Like last year, I took the full week off from work, um, hunted that opening weekend, came back and like hung out with my family and chilled out and stuff like that. So then some people will still go hunting on Thanksgiving morning and, and things like that with their gun. And you can bow hunt through that too if you wanted to. And some folks do. I think it's cool that they want to do that. I just like at that point, if I haven't got someone with my bow, it's like the scene from Billy Madison where he's like, you're in all big, big trouble now when he gets old. that. <laughs> I'm, it's game over, dear. If you're coming anywhere in 30 yards of me, I'm freaking shooting you. It's done. I'm done. So I'm not that like hardcore. I'm like, I'm going to bring my bow. No, nah, I don't care. No, I love that the rifle season's after bow or like way into bow season because then you're like, all right, it's going to only get easier from here. The deer movement's heating up and I get to bring a high-powered rifle. So that's awesome. Yeah, like 600,000 dudes hit the woods and, and gals and, and you know they're kicking up a lot of movement that maybe otherwise wouldn't happen. Plus, rut's still probably going on in some areas. So the odds are definitely in your favor. There's no more patterning anything. It's just like you can you can hunt sign. It don't matter. You just freaking sit wherever and you're gonna you who knows what you're gonna see. It's really a spin of the wheel at the casino at that point. Do you guys uh have you ever grown up doing any like deer drives or anything like that? Yeah, I've not done a lot of like huge deer drives. I've been a part of a one or two. Uh, my dad did like, you know, when I was a kid, a single deer drive to try to get me to see something because we were in the Nicolay and there's just nothing up there. <laughs> And you know, I didn't see anything I didn't really understand. I was like, you're going to walk towards me and I'm going to shoot. <laughs> like, and it didn't seem right uh, just from a safety standpoint. But people do it and it, 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 it can go fine. Um, it's a way to get deer out of an area that might be thicker. Or you can spread out. Uh, we've tried some gun hunting with my buddies. We, I've never really had a lot of luck or success with it. Probably because we're hunting there's some damn deer. So it doesn't matter if we walk in there and make a noise or not there anyways. I've seen, I feel like I've seen a lot of YouTube videos of, wisconsin people doing deer drives i don't know <clears throat> that doesn't happen a ton down here but i feel like i've seen a lot of like northern people doing deer drives and it seems really interesting i've done a couple but it's it looks pretty fun when they get you know a, quite a few dudes going and, and when they actually get something it seems pretty cool yeah yeah you can it's a good way to get them like you can get them moving you know you don't gotta be right on top of them the, the deer are gonna be pretty far ahead of you regardless they hear you coming through the woods and stuff like they're they're gonna just get the heck out of there pretty quick so if you're set up waiting to receive an intercept you could be good to go especially with a rifle or a shotgun but the first thing i ever got was with the shotgun because i didn't have a rifle yet. i used my dad's uh 12 gauge pump action i don't know name brand no clue what the hell it is taller than i was and uh blasted a, a you know spike buck in the neck <laughs> with a slug and at 10 yards from the ground he just barreled over and that was it open sights yeah that's what i'm fun. talking about it's one three- of my buddies one of my buddies from Ohio sent me a, a picture of him in a tree stand with a open sight shotgun last year. And I was like, what the hell are you hunting? And he's like, deer. I was like, what? He's like, yeah. I was like, I looked like you were about to shoot a turkey. And then he sends me a picture of his shotgun laying across the coyote. He's like, I shot this at 80 yards with a slug. I was like, this is oh just God. different, man. <laughs> it's, it's pushing out at 50 yards of the slug with iron sights is pretty far. 
80 is really like out there because those things drop they just drop oh it's a, that's a poke yeah i thought muzzleloaders dropped a lot shotguns man the fall off on those mm-hmm. yeah it's a close quarter thing for sure <clears throat> so i wanted to i wanted to get a little bit of more insight into why did you guys uh why did you guys feel like the call kind of compelled to to start the OKS hunter i mean it's been something i've really enjoyed following along with i like the message but where'd you guys uh where'd you guys kind of come up with the concept the idea yeah it came from so the OKS hunter was formerly where to hunt podcast which is also an app that still exists by the same name uh the app has been re, it's being rebranded and rebuilt right now to outland o-u-t-l-n-d um but when we were running it as or as uh, where to hunt uh, er, very early on and we've been running that since I, I started that podcast in 2013 before people knew the hell a podcast was um and out of the gate i was like well i should probably go on the uh offense with this because i don't have huge huge deer in my wall in fact at that time i didn't have any deer in my wall um you know i got a couple skull plates with with you know button bucks on them that you know they cut off at the butcher for me a pile of them uh so I would, I didn't, I wanted to start a podcast to learn more and to connect with people and build a community and do all these things, which we did. Um, but I didn't want to be ridiculed for like being some sort of expert or claiming that I was. So I was pretty quick to go on the offense and say like, yeah, I'm not the greatest hunter. I'm pretty okay at this. I'm not, you know, I was really, uh, downplaying it, trying to be humble and self-deprecating to make sure I wouldn't have anybody try to tell me that, Oh, you you don't tell you're talking about you never done anything you know like well no shit i'm talking to experts that i think have done a great job i'm not i'm better at running this i can facilitate conversation i can you know do all these other things um and meanwhile hopefully i can learn i can get better so after a while uh that just kept kind of coming up and eventually we started calling ourselves the OKS podcast in the midwest uh you know we started to self-deprecate even the show itself based on our demeanor we found our stride and um what happened is we got a grant from the with the Wisconsin Economic Development Center for the app after going through an incubator here in Milwaukee. And um, once I got those funds, it kind of changed things a little bit. So I was like, oh, well, we want to rebrand the app to Outland. Uh, then we have this podcast that's called Where to Hunt. That doesn't really make any sense. So it was an opportunity to kind of like consolidate, clean some things up on the business side. Um, so then we split it off into two different entities. And then OKS Hunter became its own podcast as a result of that. We already had put the brand out there on Instagram in like super late 2019 uh, just to test it out, see how people were responding to it, to see if it could gain enough traction on its own. And by June 2020, it, you know, it, it deemed to be um, something that was worthwhile to pursue. Uh, I'm a domain hoarder, so I have a lot of domains. I had that one for a number of years, and I had asked my buddy Tyler, uh, who's a listener of the podcast, who I got coffee with. Because he's like, hey, I'm in, a, I'm in the same town, no Conwalk too. Do you want to meet? I'm like, sure, let's meet. I'm like, this guy's pretty smart. I'm like, yo, do you want to do this OKS Hunter thing with me on Instagram and just see where it goes? He's like, yeah, let's do it. So we went 50-50 on it. And in June, we inked a deal uh, officially and, and got the LLC uh, spun up. Got launched the website on June 1st of 2020. So that's when the brand was officially born, so to speak, uh, legally and, and, all that, and all those things. Um, and it's just been growing ever since. And so really applying what I would call the Gary V content model approach to how we're putting out content and just having fun doing it. So it's a podcast. It's a, you know, it's a website with merch. Um, we're putting out tons of content. We have good blog stuff. We're, we're trying to fire on all cylinders. We're starting an Amazon store. I mean, we're really doing quite a bit of stuff um, currently and I feel like I'm missing everything that we're doing, but it's, it's a bit, it's a bit. 
So what's the kind of, I wanted to read a couple of the taglines for people that are listening to the podcast. So these ones, these ones are pretty awesome in a world of age and score and everyone's focused on that, that sort of stuff. These ones really made me happy to see. So one is can't eat the horns. And the other one is it's your tag hunt how you want to. How did you guys come up with those or what was the, what's the kind of core message behind those? I mean, can't eat the horns is something I think everyone's grandpa has probably said, <laughs> and they call them <laughs> horns on purpose. Yeah. And that seems to really piss a lot of people off. So it, it's anytime we find a friction point, we, we, uh, really kind of, uh, pour gasoline on that fire. And, and with the can't eat the horns that so many people are like, well, they're not called horns they're called antlers yet. Yeah, we, we know what they're called. Yeah. <laughs> we're not actually stupid. We know that, but we call them horns to further illustrate that that's not what we're after. We don't care about that. Um, and that's not entirely true. Like I want a nice buck on my wall. Like, don't get it twisted. Of course I want that, but that's not the reality I live in, man. I have three kids. Uh, I have two businesses and a day job. I might only get like two days to hunt the rut or like three days to hunt the full season. So is it realistic for me to think I'm going to go shoot a 150 inch deer or, or greater if I only have a few days to be out No, man? Cause half the battle is time. Now, if I had three months to hunt and three months to scout in spring, I probably could do pretty well, you know, but with limited time, there's limited results. And so with that, we think that it's our belief that everyone's at a different place in their hunting journey. If you're just starting out, you should probably just shoot deer, which is one of our shirts, shoot deer to get good at it. And that came about because we saw kids saying they passed on deer because they weren't 150 inches or more because that's not what they saw on TV. So they were literally passing on everything because that didn't meet their happiness quotient, even though they've literally never done it before. So I'm like, how the, how the heck do you think you're gonna get better? You have to do something. You have to shoot deer. Like even if it's a doe, like just start practicing because when that big one comes, you're going to be ill-equipped. You're in the big leagues with no training. You know, it's like rookie of the year, but they didn't break their arm and get that superpower. Like they don't actually have the ability to pitch the ball fast. Or the, the analogy I use is like going to the gym if you're three, 400 pounds and expecting that after a week, you're going to come out 180 chiseled because that's what you see on TV. That's just not how it works. It's not like a, a montage scene where you suddenly you get fit. You have to put in the reps. So, uh, shoot deer, never pass was the big one for us. That's our first shirt that we launched where we got tired of people saying you should have passed on that or you should let that deer walk. And that really is my tag, my hunt, but never pass is like never pass on doing what makes you happy. Never pass on making an opportunity to have fun or make a memory or fill your freezer. Never pass on. And then we say a shooter buck because we believe a shooter buck is in the eye of the beholder. Everyone says a shooter is like a certain caliber for us. We're like, every buck's a shooter buck. If that's what you're into. You know, if, if I'm having a, a shit year, maybe I'll shoot a six pointer and that's my shooter buck. Um, do I want a 12 pointer? Yep. I sure do. Is that going to happen? Maybe, but you got to live in reality. You know, the guys that are, that are putting down these big deer, like the hunting public, and they don't even put down huge, huge deer hunting public. They'll take uh, smaller deer, you know, nothing yep. huge and crazy. Uh, the white tail adrenaline guys different. They're putting down big deer, but their message is still good too. They're still like the, my tag, my hunt. So it really is. Look, if I spend my money, to buy a tag and to support conservation and I'm out in the woods doing what I want to do because I'm having a good time, whether it's with my kid or with my grandpa or with my dad or by myself or in a new area or I'm public for the first time or private for the first time or whatever I'm doing. If I shoot something and I tag it and I take a picture of it and then I get shit on on social media, that's bad for hunting as a collective. We need to not be the neck biting the head off and be praising each other. And I'm not saying it's like everyone gets a trophy praising. I don't need to be cheesy you know, like overly welcoming and kind, but don't be a dick either and shun people away because for all you know, that could have been that guy's first hunt, even though he's 40, right? Um, and 
and Brad Latrell, who I'm uh, friends with, he's a he's the founder, one of the co-founders of Go Wild. He used a really good analogy. He's like, uh, look, we're it's like you're in the church trying to light, fighting over which candlelight at the altar when the congregation is burning down behind you. And maybe a more relevant uh, analogy would be like, it's like me fighting over which tree to put my tree stand in with another hunter when the fucking forest is burning down behind us. Like we're arguing over the wrong stuff because there's a leftist kind of uh, political alignment agenda that's trying to like take some of the stuff away. And while we're too busy fighting amongst ourselves, we're getting, we're missing the bigger picture. So it's my belief that if hunting is going to stick around, we need to be better with each other and at least have a better message that we're putting out to the, a, the younger folks that are trying to get into it or the older folks that are trying to get into it and not kick people out of the space because we're too busy fighting over stuff. That's not really that important. Like if that guy shot a spike, you know, I think some people are mad because they want to get a big deer and that way have ruined their chances because they didn't do good herd management. You know, like QDMA. Well, Doug Duran, who we've talked with, says it's more than quality deer man management. It's all about healthy deer management. And just because you want to shoot a 15 point deer doesn't mean that that's what I want to do. So why do I need to change my hunting style and habits to accommodate your preference? It's my tag. Dude, if I shoot this deer, that's, that's my prerogative. And you need to be mad about that. So there's just a lot of uh, competing ideologies and selfish wants and desires that you know, people then see through a very shallow pool in their own, you know, they can't see more than 10 feet in front of them. So again, I'm after this bigger picture of let's create a more positive environment. We use humor to bring people into the brand. Ha <laughs> ha, funny, funny. Focus on failures because most of us fail more than we succeed. But that's a learning point. You can learn a lot from failures. Of course, anytime you fail, you kind of solder something in your mind. Success you could trip into if you've never really hunted before. A lot of stories of guys shooting the biggest deer ever and breaking records and it was their first hunt. Well, yeah, did they learn a lot? Probably not, you know, like they probably got really lucky. Um, but if you fail along the way, you're learning quite a bit. So we focus on failure because that's like the majority of us are are gonna forget our release or, or shoot over a deer's back or drop something down our tree stand and play Plinko. Um, I think a lot of the elitist expert professional hunters do that stuff too. It's just not showcased as much. You know, a lot of those things don't make it to the outdoor channel or the sportsman's channel on the TV, you know, there might be some gag reels that they'll put out there, but that's not a lot of what they're showing. Um, and they can't show a lot of that stuff. They can't show a wounded animal because then it'll create a different problem. So I understand some of it. Um, but then what happens is folks coming into it only see this like, you know, um, rose, rose, rosy glasses. Was that, was that term rose colored glasses? I think. Yeah. It yeah so it's like you come in and then you get, and then, you know, life punches you in the face and you don't, you didn't expect it. So, that's a lot of what we're doing to answer your question. Like some of the isms and sayings that we're doing, never pass my tag, my hunt, shoot deer, shooter buck. <clears throat> There's a lot more rooted in that than just some get you. Let's catch your attention kind of thing. Once you stop to pay attention and hear our message and listen to our show and all those things, you kind of get a little bit deeper and you go, Oh, I, I, I think I can get on board with this stuff. Um, we get a lot of feedback on our brand and it's mostly really good. We have no, we're not hating on big deer either. I don't, I don't ever want to like misconstrue that. It's, it's deer take. If that's a deer you want to shoot, then great. Just don't fucking shit on me for shooting my deer. Yeah. I'm sorry for swearing on your show. Oh, no problem. No, this is one of the reasons that I've started to hunt almost exclusively uh, public land. It's because I used to hunt very small parcels of, of private land and I would get so upset when people would shoot deer that I didn't want them to shoot like deer that I was planning on passing or whatever. And um, as soon as I started hunting public, 
and there was a vast landscape, I, I, I was able to get happy, be happy for people again when they shot whatever they want. One of our buddies' dads came out on our – we'd do a one-week trip down to southeast Oklahoma every year, and he came out and shot a six-pointer, and he was pumped, and I was like, I'm pumped too because there's a ton of resources out here. But I was fa- found like when I was in those very small private lands, it made me very unhappy for people to shoot whatever they wanted to shoot. But, man, b- getting out on public and just – seeing all the amount of resources that we have allowed me to kind of be happy for people again on whatever they want to shoot. And so I I really identify with that message. I think a lot of us are very unhappy for people to shoot whatever they want to shoot. Well, everything's a a comparison and a versus in a battle, like public's harder than private privates like, and crossbows are bad. Yeah. It's like, dude, we're hunting. That's the thing. And everyone's time in the woods is, is unique to themselves. And that connection that they have with nature is unique to themselves. Hunting is the act. People, you're a bad hunter if you don't do this. But what are you talking about? Is there like, are you a bronze, silver, or gold hunter? Like, what? What is? The, what are you talking about? Hunter is a hunter. Like, how can you be bad at something that has no gauge? If the gauge is shooting a mature deer, maybe there's something to be said about like outwitting an old deer that's really, really wise and has been good at evading other hunters for a number of years. But yeah, we're still freaking humans and we're the superior being. They're still deer. They're, they have really good senses. Um, but usually you're hunting to exercise our ability to actually like, you know, put down an animal. So you could be better at killing deer probably, but are you a better hunter or worse hunter? It's a, it's a unique experience to each individual. So to say that, you know, crossbow hunting is bad or uh, trad is, is, is good or like compound, like who cares? They're hunting. That's good for hunting period because there's not enough of us. There needs to be more of us. And if that helps someone get into the sport and they're doing it ethically, what do you freaking care? It's still one freaking arrow at a time. And if you're going to rag on someone for shooting a crossbow, what about the people shooting with a rifle? Isn't that yeah. not the easiest thing to do? And you can still mess that up. And people do. I hear an opening day. I've done it. Raw misses. Like they just shot six rounds and didn't <laughs> hit anything other than a couple of trees. So no, no, Easy is a very relative thing. Once that arrow leaves the knock, man, it's it's anybody's guess as to maybe you didn't see that branch or maybe the deer ducked the arrow or, or whatever. Nothing's a surefire thing. Even the rifle isn't. So just people need to just stop ridiculing everybody and just let people come as they are. As long as they're doing things legally and ethically, who gives a shit what they're doing? They're out there having fun. They're making memories. They're filling the freezers. They're They're doing the thing that we also love. They might just have a different approach. And that's not bad. And I don't, I'm going on some soapbox rant here, man, because this is the kind of stuff that I see all the time. And when it happens to kids, that's when I lose my shit. So yeah, um, that's unacceptable. It's well, just, it's just unacceptable. We've and taken, less, but it, it's been a thing. So yeah, well, we've taken away a lot of the like. For me, my first, I killed a forty-pound fawn with my rifle. Was my first deer. Mm-hmm. My first deer was with a bow. Was a button buck. After that. My uncle said, all right, we're done shooting fawns and button bucks, right? I said, absolutely. Went and shot a basket rack eight. I said, hey, I'm just moving up every time. And he's like, hey, I'm with you. Eventually, you're going to not shoot stuff like this anymore. Or like, maybe I will. I mean, maybe I just like it. But we've taken away that ability to just go out and enjoy it. It's like people like adult onset hunters, like people coming in. I want people to shoot whatever. That's what I've told my wife. All my friends have just started hunting. Shoot whatever makes you happy. Yeah. At, at all i don't maybe a spike buck doesn't make me happy you know because like it is a young deer and maybe I've, it's really it's just such a stupid animal that like it walked by eight times <laughs> but honestly if it walks by nine i'm like well he kind of deserves that. Well, I, I might shoot him you know what i mean like why did you shoot that buck because he freaking walked by nine times and i could barely help yeah. myself okay i wasn't gonna get out again this season i had to you know it, it is what it is um 
So I'm not saying that you should always shoot those, but who cares? Some people really don't give a shit. They're not on social no. media. They do want to fill their freezers and it just doesn't damn matter. Um, so for the people that are on social doing that kind of stuff, you, like back in the day when you'd have to go to a registration station and register your deer and you'd have all of the people pulling up with the deer hanging out of their truck. Some guys had their tailgates wide open to show that nice big rack and other guys had it closed. And I'm like, well, let me see. You're like, yeah, I don't, you don't need to see my deer. You don't need to see that. Eh, you know, but no one ever said bad shit in those personal physical environments. No one ever said, okay, maybe no. it's not that thing. No, everyone's like, oh, yeah, good, man. That That's great. You're going home with meat in your freezer. Like, hey, good for you. You're going to be like, why'd you shoot that thing? No one did that. This is the, this is the, you know, the social media stuff behind the keyboard crap that people are saying shit they normally wouldn't say in person. And you might think it. You might think, oh, man, I got shot that. Or you might say that when you get in your truck with your buddies, like, what? Did you see that? But <laughs> that doesn't need to, you don't need to like discredit that other guy or gal. You don't need to do that to them. You can have your opinion, but you keep your damn self. It's not going to be a good productive thing for someone else. No, I loved, I used to love going to the check-in stations. Mm -hmm. um, I had a bad reputation at the check-in stations because there was a stint for about three or four years where it seemed like every doe I shot when I walk up on it, it was a button buck. And I was like, damn it. I did that like five or six times in a row where my uncle eventually banned me from shooting does off the property. But I, I loved going to the check-ins. Those were those were really good times. I mean, they weren't the best for me with all my button bucks, but that was that was a different time. That that brought me back thinking about that. Yeah, it was a different era, and yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, I just think that there's more we can be doing to be welcoming to folks and to not do that stuff. The infighting's got to stop, or like you, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing left to be fighting about if we keep it up because it will get just get stripped away from us. And then you won't be able to fight about whether they should have shot that or not, or if they should have used this weapon or not. Like there'll be no hunting. And then what are you going to do? So I think it should be good to think about that stuff before you start typing out a message to someone. And if you do, it's probably stemming from some insecurity or, you know, who knows? People project stuff all the time. So it's all, it should all be taken with a grain of salt anyway. Someone else shouldn't dictate how you use your tag. I think we made a post about that the other day um, on our Instagram. Like don't let people you don't know, uh, impact how you're going to use your hunting tag it's not their tag who cares do what you want with it yeah that's for sure i mean me and my buddy we, we've been talking about going and doing these weekend warrior trips kind of just hopping around state to state trying to shoot bucks and we're kind of putting these limits on ourselves we're like all right anything 125 or better I'll, I'll, I'll be happy with shooting and then we'll talk again the next week i'll be like all right anything 120 or better i'll be happy in the shooting and then literally we were having a conversation the other day and i was like hey what about whatever gets you excited, I'll be fine with shooting. And he was like, yeah, I agree. Let's just go with that. And I was like, okay, because whatever gets me excited, it's always going to be yes. good enough for me. Whatever gets your heart pumping. My buddy in Arkansas, Jared, he says, whatever gets your piss hot. Um, <laughs> he says a lot of weird shit uh, down south there. But, you know, I think that that is, if that's, if that's what's got you excited at the moment, then you don't need it. So I don't like people stop justifying your deer. If you shot it, do that, give that animal some respect that it deserves and don't justify it. And if it's if it was big enough for you to shoot, then it was big enough. You don't have to say it was it wasn't the biggest one, but F that stop it. Don't say that. Just this is the one I got and I'm happy about it. Period. Uh so there's there's that whole kind of point about just stop trying to justify your deer. And there's another point I was gonna make there too about something, but I think I sidetracked myself. Um what were you just saying about oh, you guys are kind of like going down and down and down with the caliber. Oh, yeah, we're bringing our standards down. Yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. Something, 
it felt important, but maybe it'll come back to me. <laughs> my, one of my favorites is, uh, wasn't the one I was after, but he'll do. I'm like, he'll do. What do you mean he'll do? Mm-hmm. Like you, you're settling for this. Why shoot it? If, if it's just a he'll do, or you're not excited about it. I'm never shooting anything. I'm not excited about, but that then one, that, that was something else anyways. Cause if you shot it, then it was good enough for you. Yeah. Like, like that exactly. Was, that was your metric right there. And so you were literally going to shoot a deer for someone else because you didn't want to get judged or hear some other opinion. So then you aren't, then you're going back to what those kids are doing. They're just not going to shoot anything. Or you're yeah. going to over try to justify your decision, which you don't, you just don't need to do. You don't have to justify your choice to some other freaking person that you're never going to meet that's on a keyboard somewhere. Who freaking cares? Yeah. One of my buddies has a pretty big ranch down in Southwest Oklahoma. And they had a, they had a couple thousand acres and they were made, go, they went hard on QDM for a few years where they, not only were they not shooting five and a half year old bucks, they were not shooting six and a half. They were waiting until six and a half to shoot bucks. And he's like, yeah, I haven't shot a buck in four years. I don't even really want to go anymore. He's like, cause I know I'm not going to see one like that. And I'm like, dude, you guys need to loosen up. They loosened up. They went down to four and a half. And now every single one of them's popping two bucks a year again. They're like, oh, we love deer hunting now. I'm like, yeah, you guys were so uptight. Everyone had to stick up their butt. Like, so everyone was trying not to shoot that anything under six and a half. Or they it's, literally a measuring, it's literally a measuring contest at that point. Yeah. And you can't be happy if it wasn't the biggest one. And then you're trying to justify it. I don't know what it is. It's like this manliness thing or some. I'm not sure I understand because uh, I just don't care. I don't care. Maybe it's because we have this brand. Um, but I'm, I'm happy with whatever choice it is that I make. I mean, I was with Greg. Uh, we were hunting on the same tree one year with our buddy, Anthony, uh, with deer vein, Anthony Heller. And the five pointer walked out and I was like, man, I might shoot that freaking thing. <laughs> I'm pretty jacked up right now. You know, he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, you know? Uh, oh, that's what I was going to say. So what happened when we, when we launched our brand, this is like probably one of the, the things I'm most proud of um, other than our OKS crew, which is, people started sending us pictures of their spike buck and basket racks that when we looked at their profiles, they never shared those pictures publicly, but they were willing to share them with us. So indirectly, something that came from this was that we kind of created the space where you can share those photos and it's cool. It's a cool thing to share. Um, Not to go full brown, it's down, but people were literally just sitting on photos of great memories with great people, fun times, proud moments, and they didn't share them because they were so fearful of the ridicule that they would have received. So they just didn't even freaking post it. And suddenly everyone, they were just like flooding in. Come hunting season, you're going to see. There's so many pictures of like spike bucks that are getting shared and the tag is shooter buck, my tag, my hunt, never pass. All of those things. No buck shame is another big one. And by the way, if you use the hashtag no buck shame, uh, if you search that hashtag and you see someone, so basically we try to use that. If you see buck shaming, use that hashtag, we'll search it and then we'll go kill that person with kindness and we'll stick our okayest hunter nation on them. Um, and we'll lift the person up that shared it. So they don't have to worry about the dick bag that said something shitty to them. Um, I don't believe in like being a bully to anybody. I don't ever want to see someone getting kicked while they're down or being, um, singled out. So even if you're being a douche, <laughs> like I still, I think there's probably a lesson to be learned there. And that person has some other things going on. Um, and that's not always true, but having that space to post that kind of stuff was a really neat thing that happened in our community that I didn't foresee happening or didn't even consider. So I thought that was worth mentioning. Um, that's what I was, that's the one thing that I forgot to say that I just remembered. So I'm glad I remembered it. That's one of the things I'm really fearful about kids that have not grown up in a world with like without social media 
Like I've grown up where um, I grew up when there was barely cell phones. So if you wanted to see somebody's deer, they weren't sending you a picture of it. You had to go actually drive to their house and see it, or they just kind of held up their hands how big it actually was. Yeah. Um, yeah about that big. Um, but I worry for, for kids like that, that have only grown up with social media, that they won't be happy with what they shoot or they won't be proud of what they shoot. That, that makes me sad to hear that people are not posting some of their kills, like not. Oh, fully dude. It was like, I'm talking like several dozen people. Like they'd send the photo. I go look at the profile, go all to the bottom. It wasn't there. They're like, it's just not fucking there at all. And, but they're like, Oh, they were so excited to share with us because I finally got to see the light of day. And it meant something to him for various reasons, right? I, I've used the example of like kind of last time with grandpa or whatever it is. Like there's always some meaningful thing that's going on there. And uh, it's like, oh, the first hunt after my dad died. And, you know, he, you know, or the, you know, the last time with my grandpa, the year he passed, or uh, I brought my kid hunting and like, I wanted to show them that that's more than, you know, hunting for antlers. And it was the experience. My kid was so jacked. And I like, there's all of that going on. So you just, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk is a business mogul guy that I follow, and he talks about, you know, every, you never know what someone has going on. This is the yeah. same. You never know where someone's actually at. Like, why are you judging them? You have no clue what's really going on there or what the circumstances were. Oh, absolutely. I love Gary V, by the way. I follow him all the time. His content, uh, his content distribution stuff that he, his slides that he produces, it's, it's crazy the way he talks about the funnel. I, I love watching his stuff. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a pretty cool dude. I saw on your on your Instagram you had a picture with him, right? Yeah, I got to meet him. I went to Vayner Media uh, in April of 2019, so like actually, was that three years ago? Um, for an entire day. So it's funny because like his content that he puts out, it's 30 people on a group text message. Team Gary V that does that, and they're their own kind of division. The rest of the business functions pretty lean as a business, and there are a lot of very 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 smart people there because. He does such a good job with culture and come as you are and hiring talent, but good people. And so it was really cool to see how the sausage was made. I actually, when I went there, it was before he debuted that deck, the 86 page deck of the Gary Vee content model. So I got to learn about that before it ever saw the light of day. And that was something that like helped me in my career. Um, and that's something that we try to do with our stuff now. It's just hard. It's a lot. Like it's hard. We have two of us. It uh, takes time. Really it's a big, it's a mountain, but there's no shortage. It shows you that it can be done and it's, it's very possible. So you had brought up a pretty good point earlier when we were talking about people shooting, whatever makes them happy. I think something that a lot of people overlook is the money that's being spent on con conservation, regardless of what people shoot. And the idea that if people aren't buying tags, this public land, all these things that we're able to, to enjoy won't be there anymore. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I thought that was something we kind of breezed over. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think I put a post out a while back that said like hunting is a privilege and I get, I get some flack from most people agree, but some people are like, it's not a privilege. It's a right. And sure. You're, you're not wrong. It, it is a right as a human being. Like that's what we've always, always done, but that's just not reality. So we have to, we have to live in reality. And like, if you look at uh, Europe, or wherever uh, over there, like there's, you don't have the ability to hunt unless you own land. So yeah. like public land uh, may be accessible for recreation, but not hunting the way that it's looking. And that could happen sooner than later if we're not careful. So you need to be paying attention to what's going on. And, and the episode I did with Brad Luttrell with go wild about this topic, he is far more um, knowledgeable about this and has far more exposure to it. He talks about voting numbers and how hunting is too white 
Um, that's not to piss people off or talk about right, white privilege or anything like that, but it's just a, it's just a state of the fact that there's not that many Latino or black people that are hunting. And when you consider voting in polls, those people are voting. And if they're not aligned with our lifestyle, there's only so many white people that can vote that are already going to vote for our stuff that aren't going to make an impact demonstrably that can save us from the far majority that out uh, numbers us and the people that aren't willing to hunt because they don't understand the lifestyle. So uh, what was the, the, the question was, I think we were talking about um, how people, people's money that they put into conservation actually ensures that we have public land and places to hunt. Like, yes. So like, you know, it, is it a privilege to some degree? Like having access to public land kind of is some other countries don't have that ability or privilege or whatever you want to call it or that access um so i think sam sohold has done a like really uh phenomenal job of getting people excited about supporting conservation like buy a, a duck stamp even if you're not going to go duck hunting because it does the most for uh going towards conservation and protecting hunting lands um, because it's federal is that why yeah it, it's the it's the, the analogy I used, which was a re it wasn't even a reach. It just takes a second to figure what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, and I got crap on uh, my show when I talked about this from, from Greg, or my co-host. But eventually it made sense. It, eggs are the most bioavailable uh, food that exists in terms of protein. So if I'm going to eat an egg to get 14 grams of protein, I'm going to get 14 grams of protein. That's not the case with other foods. If it has 14 grams, you might only extract 10 from it. I, I'm speaking generically. That's the thesis. So with the duck stamps, when you buy a duck stamp, it the most is going to go to conservation than any other thing you're going to do for conservation. So even if you're not going to go duck hunt, it's still a really good choice as someone that is trying to do something for conservation to go buy one of those things. So I've bought duck stamps. I've, I've only had a duck like once and it didn't go well for me. Go figure. Uh, but I will buy them because it supports conservation. We also donate to conservation and we volunteer uh, our time for conservation. So we're 2% for conservation certified brand which means that we have to like go to the bank and get a notary and a cpa to sign off on the fact that one percent of our revenue our top line revenue went to conservation so we have a couple organizations that we donate our revenue to um and then it has to get validated every year to be able to remain a member and pay our dues which also go to conservation and so forth so um, that's something that like when you buy a hat from us or a sticker or a shirt or a koozie or a hoodie it, it does go back to conservation and as we grow, that's just going to get better and better and better. We're going to be able to do more. But right now, we're, we're pretty small. So our impact is like very <laughs> small. But it's something we're trying. I mean, that's yeah. a foundational element of what we're trying to accomplish here. There's a lot of brands that are out there and doing things. But some of the, even the bigger ones haven't done shit to give back to conservation. Zero. Um, that's not who we are. We intend that's very tightly uh, close and tied to our mission and ethos because it's something that like if there is no land to hunt, then we're out of a, a job, right? We're not going to do this anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you you jumping on the show, especially late on, late on a uh, hell. I can't remember what day is it. Monday. Yes, yeah, Monday, Monday night. Um, for our audience that's listening to the podcast and that follows us on social, where can they connect with you guys on social media and kind of keep up with you guys? Yeah, if you made it this far in the episode and you're you're still cool with hearing me, uh, kind of yammer on. Uh, okay, it's Hunter com. You can find our podcast. We broadcast our podcast live um, every Tuesday night from six to seven PM Central. 
standard time we have a live call-in feature so if you're a listener you can call us and talk to us on the show you can share a story ask our guest questions um that would be the, the i mean okay center on instagram okay center on tiktok on twitter on youtube on facebook on linkedin like uh we're on reddit um we're we're everywhere i think that we probably can be short of like a couple of nuanced platforms that maybe we haven't like tripped into yet um and then we have okshunterpodcast.com also so we're we're really trying to be as omnipresent as we can be given the, the day and age that we're in yeah of course a lot of, a lot of channels out there to distribute the content through but you guys are doing a lot of them um, but eric thanks again for, for jumping on with me and i man i appreciate it Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.